blocking. Deep pattern downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. I'm not going to ask you how it's going. I know how it's going. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Dolphins fall 27-17 to the Indianapolis Colts to fall to 1-3 on the season. We'll get to the five takeaways. We're going to hear from Brian Flores in his post-game press conference. I thought he had a lot of good stuff to say in that press conference. And we'll also play a post-game show segment for you guys with myself, Seth, and OJ from right after this game, all on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. Another Miami Dolphins. We're going to play this quickly today, guys, because I know there's not a lot you want to hear about right now. We're going to talk about this game critically here, and I want to jump into the five takeaways right off the bat, and the first one has to be the offensive struggles, or really, let's go ahead and call it what it is, the ineptitude of the offense, total yards, inability to convert short yardage, missed downfield opportunities, offensive line and protection issues from the quarterback, running back, receivers, drop passes, muffing punts, everything you could want to go wrong through the first four games of the season for the offense. It's just not been good enough. And Brian Flores intimated that fact as well in his post-game press conference. You look at even the touchdown pass to Devontae Parker late in this game, like there's a, a wide open running back on the backside who's just standing there all alone. It's Malcolm Brown sitting there wide open. And then on the Mike Gesicki touchdown pass, he's wide open and the ball hits him in the back hip and he trips and gets across the goal line, but almost fails on that fourth down opportunity because of a pass behind him. So every single instance for this offense right now just seems like it's a struggle seems like it's difficult for them to overcome any of the mistakes they make which apparently are appear to be occurring on a play-by-play or drive-by-drive or series-by-series basis and you know the first three quarters of this game once again the offense kind of stuck in the mud the only points they scored early on was off of the muff punt from the Colts early in this game after a Dolphins four-play eight-yard drive that winds up with three points after that muff punt right on the fringe of the red zone. The second drive of the game goes into field goal territory, but gets knocked backwards kind of on the fringe of field goal range on the sack there on Jacoby Brissett. They wind up punting that ball and getting them down at the one-yard line, and then the offense gets the ball back in the exact same position, but once again at midfield cannot convert any first downs to get into scoring range. So the first three quarters looked a lot like the first three quarters of the Raider game minus the defensive touchdown and the 24-yard Malcolm Brown touchdown run. And then once the fourth quarter comes around, it begins to open up a little bit. Explosive plays on the first touchdown drive of the game, 25, 22, and 21 yards on that drive. After the defense allows a touchdown, right after that touchdown drive, Devontae Parker, 42 yards on the first play of that drive on a 50-50 ball. So explosive plays are within this offense's capabilities. We just are not seeing it until very late in the game when the offense is right up against it, against the clock, against the scoreboard, and has to get points now that's when they can start to open things up and get some of the production there. But all things told offensively, it's just not been good enough. You're going to find this Dolphins team near the bottom of the rankings in every major major offensive statistical category when you open up the papers, or I guess more realistically open up your website, your web browser tomorrow. 
Because in this game for Miami, offensively, at one point, Jonathan Taylor had more points than the Dolphins' offense combined. But for the Dolphins, offensively in this game, 3 of 11 on third down. They were 2 for 2 on fourth down. 203 total yards, 168 passing yards, 35 rushing yards, 49 total plays. And they wind up with two turnovers, three sacks allowed, and five penalties for 32 yards and 22 minutes, 51 seconds time of possession. But offensively right now, it's broken. I mean, what else can you say about it? Your quarterback is out. That happened back in week two. Three games now without Tua Tungavailoa for the most part. And the offense has very, very, has really, really struggled to find any offensive efficiency or consistency or points or anything that you want to talk about positively for the offense has been very difficult to come by. Injuries at the receiver position. Will Fuller leaves this game with a hand injury and did not return. Waddle gets himself targets early in the game, maybe part of the play script early on and makes a bunch of moves, an 18-yard reception to break a tackle and get yards after the catch, then a nice catch on a little stick route where he puts his foot in the ground and makes a guy miss and then has another catch that's for shorter yardage and then doesn't see the ball the rest of the game. Devontae Parker waits, or not waits, but it took until the fourth quarter to get Devontae Parker going for four catches for 77 yards. Mike Gesicki took him late in this game to get going for five catches for 57 yards. So the offensive weapons to me are there and there are some drops here and there and some miscommunications and, you know, just whatever the case may be at the receiver position, there have been some downsides to that position. But to me, that's been the strength of the offense and could be the strength of the offense going forward because right now at the other positions and that's the offense in total, as Brian Flores will tell you, it's just not good enough. The quarterback position, balls are off target. They're late. Uh, There was an opportunity in this game And it was right after Waddle had a couple of nice plays and and big gains in this game where he comes open on a crossing route down the middle of the field and there is nobody near him and the ball goes short to Malcolm Brown on a check down. The offensive line, the protection issues continue to be a problem through four games. I mean, this, this... the quarterbacks are constantly under duress and trying to have to make plays. And I think we saw it kind of come to a head in this game when Jacoby Brissett tried to make a play where it was dead in the water. But I don't fault him because there were so many things going on around him as far as the scoreboard and the defense, as they have done this year in the second half, kind of start to let up on their grip on the opposing offense's throw as they've kind of hold teams down early on and then things get a little bit wonky later on in the game and I think Jacoby might have sensed that a little bit tried to make a play where he just really tried to play hero ball and it wound up hurting him there on that fumble so that's not good from the protection standpoint from the quarterback standpoint and you know just Austin Jackson in this game I thought had a really really rough go of it he was chasing guys into the backfield for the majority of the game I thought Liam Eichenberg had some really rough moments as well even on the interior some of the communication stuff some of the knockback in the running game allowing penetration just the 38 yards on the ground as well so I thought offensive line had a really rough go of it today as well and then the tight end position also I mean uh, you know, Gasicki has the big game receiving, but they had a possible chance to pin an edge and get a big run off the outside that he misses that block. Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe a couple of times as well, where the, the edge just does not quite get sealed. The running backs, whether it's catching the football, trying to find daylight in the running game or in pass protection, just across the board, it's not good enough. And so the first takeaway from this game is that the offense has just been completely inept through the first four games. And they're going to see the consequences of that on the stats on Monday morning when you open up Pro Football Reference and go to the yards and yards per play. And every big stat, it's going to be near the bottom for Miami. And that's just not where you want to be four games into the season. Takeaway number two, I thought was kind of a, a lot of these are going to play off of that first takeaway. Takeaway number two is that I thought the Colts were playing in a position early in that game where there were some opportunities for Miami to attack vertically. 
and I mentioned the waddle throw. A lot of Julian Blackman single high looks in that game where he's playing off and guys are playing in tight and they're zoning things up and, and maybe some chances to go upfield. And we, we took a couple of them later in the game, not so much early in the game. But once they did take those opportunities late in the game, some of the deep shots of Devontae Parker certainly opened things up. And I just think Miami's going to have to find a way, whether it's taking what the defense gives you, dialing up the deep shots within the game, whatever the case may be, they're going to have to find a way to get more space and get more creativity and get more vertical in this offense because right now the way things are going, I think opposing defenses have way too much confidence in playing in front of them and playing short, and it's really handcuffing what this offense can do and handcuffing, like we talked about, what the offense's main threat, I think, is, is the vertical speed getting upfield and the playmakers they have on offense. So let's go ahead and go to Brian Flores, who talked about the deep shots early in this game, whether or not Miami had the opportunity to get deep and vertical. Let's go ahead and go to the head coach of the Miami Dolphins on the Dolphins' attempt to get vertical in this game. Try to take a methodical approach early. Um, we did, you know, have some shot plays early. They covered them. We had to check them down. And, you know, we weren't able to, you know, push it down the field as much as we wanted to uh, early in the game. So there you go. There's Brian Flores talking about the approach to try to get vertical, but the methodical approach wound up being the one they took there. So takeaway number two, Colts kind of playing up tight to the line of scrimmage there in some instances and giving some opportunities for Miami to get those deep shots. They hit a few of them later on. But once they opened it up, we talked about this in the Wednesday podcast last week, right? Once they opened up the offense, explosive plays of 25, 22, 21 yards, and then after the touchdown the defense allowed, they come right back on a 42-yard pass to Devontae Parker on a 50-50 ball that looked very good. So that's the takeaway number two. Takeaway number three here is that the takeaway streak continues for Miami. I know it was a muff punt, and that was the only one they got in the game, and really that's about where the game turned sour for the Miami Dolphins, but they get the takeaway, 26 consecutive games with a takeaway. Takeaway number four, going right back into the offensive stuff here, is that reports in- indicate that Tua tunga from from Adam Schefter will be able to come back off the injury reserve and play in the Week 6 game in London, so hopefully that can kind of spark this offense and get things going in the right direction. And I pose this question to... OJ McDuffie post game about how how much of this offensive struggle so far can be tied back to the fact that you haven't had your starting quarterback who you spent the entire offseason kind of you know building an offensive identity around what he does well obviously you want to build it not just for one player but for an entire team but you also want to consider the strengths of your quarterback and I thought they did a good job of doing that in the offseason with the Jalen Waddle selection with the Will Fuller selection you also think about his quick release and the ball out factor and the RPO game and the vertical as well as the horizontal game and when you do take the vertical shot it's timing based so he can put the ball up early and let guys run under it that kind of mitigates the not doesn't mitigate the need for good protection you always need good protection but it can help kind of shore up some of those potential woes if you do have protection issues up front with the quick release of the quarterback and to lose him really really after the first game because he played what two series and it was about five and a half minutes into the Buffalo game that he gets knocked out I'm curious to see how this offense looks when he comes back in gets some timing gets some rhythm gets some stuff going for the offense as far as having some continuity maybe they find a little bit more of their identity in those next couple of weeks before he comes back for the Jacksonville game and they can hopefully hit the ground running when he comes back healthy but from Adam Schefter he says that it sounds like Tua is going to be ready to play coming off the IR in week six in London but of course we have a game next week in Tampa Bay. That'll be Jacoby Brissett at quarterback once again, as Brian Flores told us post-game that there was no thought in his mind to go to Reed Sinnott after Jacoby Brissett struggles here for his third game here with the Miami Dolphins under center. 
And then takeaway number five, some of the stuff I liked in this game. I thought Jalen Waddell had a lot of good moments operating in space. I talked about the three catches he made and just the moves he, he put out there and the way he comparatively moves to other guys on a National Football League field. It doesn't, it shouldn't look like that for anybody. And for a rookie to come in and look that good, man, it's it, the way he moves and the way he can kind of put defenders in conflict the way he did on that catch, the stick route where he makes a move and, and breaks some ankles. I thought that was very impressive. And early in this game, to get him the ball early on in the script of the game, hopefully they can find a way to continue pumping him the football and get him down the field. Because we talked about it again on the postgame show, zero real vertical shots so far this year to Jalen Waddle since that first pass from Tua to Waddle for 36 yards in the Patriots game. But I thought he was a real bright spot and a tough Tough game to find bright spots. I liked Waddle's game. Also thought Mike Asicki had some good moments in the passing game. They're late, obviously, 5 for 57. And the touchdown catch, Devontae Parker just showing you what he does best, right? Going up and getting the football, winning those one-on-one matchups. It doesn't really matter if he's covered on those contested balls. Devontae Parker is going to find a way to go up and get the football. And then also the two other guys on my list here are two edge rushers. Jalen Phillips had a bunch of QB hits today. I'll, we'll see the number tomorrow on the recap show or the, the omission show. It had to have been at least three QB hits. Also gets his first career half sack, teaming up with uh, Sam Egwavon on a, a third down sack to get the Dolphins defense off the field. And then Emmanuel Ogba as well. I thought he played a fantastic game, getting after the quarterback, stuffing the run. He had a drive in the second quarter, maybe it was the first quarter, where he he basically stopped the entire drive by himself. Had the run stop right at the line for no game, had a pressure on Wentz that forced an errant throw, and then comes back on third down and gets the sack to get the defense off the field. So if you want to look at some of the positive individual performances, I thought those guys were your positive takeaways. Now, those are the five takeaways, but I feel like that's not sufficient enough for this post-game recap podcast because we, we really got to talk about some of the shortcomings and things that went wrong for this football team. Number one thing is this team is going to have to find a way. It's still so early in the season. Like you can't just sit here and say, well, yeah, one and three, tough, tough luck for us, I guess. See you again next year. That can't happen for just for this season for sure, but also for future reference, you have to find a way to rally this team together, find out which guys are going to be the ones that can stick through it and, and battle battle past this really difficult start again for the third straight year, 0-4 two years ago, 1-3 last year, 1-3 again this year. Now everything turned around in week five last year against the 49ers. Next week, tough a tough task with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road in that game. But you have to find out which leaders are going to be the ones that guide you into the face of this, you know, this S storm, as it were, because that's kind of what Miami's facing right now. It's everything looks rough. I mean, I heard a podcast where someone talked about the Raiders game and they said, well, they were playing the Dolphins. Like that was not the expectation coming into the season. This Dolphins team had a lot of positive uh, vibes going on around them. And right now the, the, the vibe around the Dolphins is, is difficult. So how can you ignore that outside noise and rely on the leaders within inside the building here to, to put in the work, to put in the time, to make the corrections and get going in the right direction? That is going to be the key because there are so many things right now to correct. I mean, go again across just kind of across the board, the offensive line, it's, it's not been good enough. I mean, Austin Jackson was chasing guys in the backfield all game long. Um, Jesse Davis had some moments, I thought, where he was, he was beating pass rush in the, run, in the run game. Greg Mance, some, some knockback in the running game. And he hasn't played in a while. His first game starting kind of a surprise. Michael Dieter gets injured on Wednesday. You pull up Greg Mance. It's a tough task, but he had some moments, I thought. Rob Hunt, I saw him on the ground a few times. You know, struggle for him at right guard today. Liam Eikenberg got beat for a sack in, early in this game. Just... Across the five front there, it's it's hard to win football games as Coach Flores. Let's actually go to Coach Flores on this point because I thought this was one of his best points in a very good press conference here where he talked a little bit about 
the disconnect and where things have kind of gone wrong for this team so far at this stage of the season. And again, I thought he was very forthright and very transparent about some of the issues this team is facing because you put together a good practice, you put together a good camp and offseason program, and you get out here and it hasn't translated to Sundays. And the inconsistencies and the fact that there are too many mistakes on too many plays that just continues to hamper this offense and defense as well, the entire team. Let's go to Brian Flores and hear his answer regarding the disconnect right now for this team and the slow start. I think this is a hardworking team. I think they compete. They prepare the right way. It's not, it's not manifesting itself on Sundays right now. Um, for long enough periods of time, we're inconsistent. We can't string you know, plays together. When we do string plays together, um, there's a penalty or a drop that sets us back or a penalty defensively, and then, you know, instead of being off the field, we're back on the field, or a penalty, you know, in the kicking game, instead of getting the ball, we give it back to them. I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't connected. You've got to play complimentary football in this league. We have not been able to do that. I think we got to take a look at everything. We will take a look at everything, but I would say it's it's really, you know, across the board. Offense, defense, special teams starts with me. Coaching, I got to do a better job. I know I say that every week. I don't want to come up here and say that every week, but you know, I got to do a better job of figuring out a way to help us, you know, play better than that. Um, but we also have to, you know, we got to play better. And we're out there taking turns and making mistakes in all three phases. And, you know, it's not enough. It's not good enough. Talking about taking turns, making mistakes, like he said, it's not good enough. And it's just something springs up. I've referred to this so many times, the the Chevy Chase um, Vegas vacation scene where he's trying to plug the holes in the dam with with the bubble gum. It's like every time you plug something up and you get the answer right, there's a, a penalty in the offensive backfield for a holding that brings back a big completion to Will Fuller. Or you... Get a stop on defense, and Brian Scarlett's offsides and it gives the Colts fresh set of downs and gives them a touchdown drive when you thought you had the ball back and a 3-0 lead. Or you have a quarterback sack in the pocket, and you grab a face mask, and it extends a drive and turns into seven points instead of three points. There's so many instances in this game throughout the course of the first four games where Miami has just found a way to shoot themselves in the foot and be so uncharacteristic of what this team has been under Brian Flores and that's why Flo is going to tell you every single year is different every single team is different you cannot bank on previous success like everything starts over from from ground zero from from step number one it's like the video game right you lose to the final boss at the end and you have to go back to level number one that's how it works in this league and the Dolphins just have not found a way to get back that mojo they had last year and continue and carry it over this year with this year's team and it's just been tough to watch both offensively and defensively so to kind of continue the the theme there of it not being good enough, like you heard from Coach Flores there. Talked about the offensive line. I don't think Jacoby's seeing it as well as he could right now. I don't think his accuracy has been as good as it could be right now. I think he'll tell you that. I think that he's dealing with a lot at the same time and has done a great job of making plays when he when he can, when he can kind of go off script and extend, and it kind of came to a head there on that fumble that he lost late in this game. But I think it's got to be better at that position. I think the running backs have to be a lot better in pass protection and in the running game as well. And take advantage of when it is blocked well, like Malcolm Brown last week, and hit the big runs. I think the receivers have to do a better job of uncovering. There's been not enough separation down the field. I think they have to do a better job of making plays after the catch. I think they have to do a better job of catching the football when they have opportunities to do that as well. So the offense, across the board, not good enough. You know, Defensively, I mean, 
we saw the pass rush kind of get cranked up today, and they, they found, a, found a way to get after Carson Wentz. And I thought the odd Mac O look provided plenty of pressure on the quarterback and even a couple of sacks there as well where they were finding success early in this game against that Colts offense until the muff punt kind of sparked things back in the Colts' direction. But they did have some pass rush there from Sam Egelvon, from Manuel Ogba, from Jalen Phillips. But at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. We saw the linebackers in the second level there a little bit, kind of getting caught on some blocks and Jonathan Taylor having a big day. And he made a great cut in the gap to kind of get around and land in Roberts for a big touchdown run there in that third quarter or second quarter. I think, I think it was the third quarter, the first drive of the third quarter. So it's not good enough on that level either. And, you know, kind of getting stuck on blocks has been a theme a little bit here in the running game. In the secondary, in the back end, getting caught on the rub routes. I mean, that's happened all four games so far. Guys trying to match up one-on-one. I mean, Eric Rowe got, got a couple of touchdowns on his in his coverage today from Mo Alley-Cox in that area. So areas you counted on last year where things were strong, it just hasn't carried over this season, and it's been struggle a struggle on offense, on defense, on special teams. Even Jason Sanders kicks the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. So just everything that could have gone wrong so far through the first four games kind of has. And I think you the, the kind of positive takeaway is that it's only up from here as far as this Dolphins team. But I know that a lot of you guys were – very excited about this season. It had certain expectations, and I certainly did as well. And right now, through the first four games, just has not been good enough. And you hope it gets better. But right now, such a struggle for this team on, on all three phases of the game. And that's why you wind up near the bottom of the league in terms of statistical categories, offensively, defensively, special teams. And they're going to have to find a way to get it fixed quickly. And, and, and by next week for Tampa Bay, that's a tough, tough matchup there. And falling to one and four, obviously not ideal. So you heard Brian Flores I talk about we have to look at everything, possible changes. I referred to this in the postgame show back in 2016. Miami started off 1-4, and four, and that was this team's last uh, postseason appearance. But after the fourth loss, they made wholesale changes. And, you know, I can't recommend that or, or give you ideas about that. It's going to be up to Brian Flores and his staff to make decisions on that for themselves. But clearly it's not good enough in several areas right now. And changes and, you know, finding those leaders to kind of elevate the team and and find ways to get more production out of guys that you expect production for. That's going to be the number one thing. And also, maybe there's some guys that haven't had enough playing time or haven't had playing time, I should say, that can't have an opportunity to make plays. And kind of, if you don't earn your opportunities, maybe you lose it and it goes to somebody else. So that's what phases this Dolphins club ahead this week. And it's definitely a tall order for Brian Flores and this coaching staff. But they're built for it. That's what they do in this National Football League. You have to be mentally tough and have the fortitude to overcome tough stuff like this. Because Miami right now, 1-3, and three, about as, about as tough as a start as you could have imagined. The only thing that would be worse, obviously, is if they don't get that fumble in the Patriots game and they kick that field goal, you fall 0-4. But luckily, you get that victory, and hopefully you get here into October. You can start turning this thing around and find some success because just across the board, it's just not, not been very good so far. And I want to go back to Coach for another 40-second sound clip here or so and just finish up with this before we get to the outro and then the post-game segment on the other end of the outro just want to go ahead and play this clip from brian flores here talking about the little things attention to detail and i think some of the margins we talked about like i always talk about this in the show right like people ask themselves how do the dolphins win these games or how are they winning more than some other parts might suggest they would because they win in the fine margins through four games this year hasn't been the case here's brian flores the little things are important in this game they're very important the details are important in this game and if you don't get them right then You'll have a false start penalty when you don't need them. You'll have a drop when you don't need them. And those are momentum-shifting plays that if you don't make them, and they do, you don't get the result you want. So that's what we, we, that's what we have to do. we gotta, we got to focus on those, uh, those little things, those details, and play a smarter, uh, more disciplined 
football game because we're not we're not we're not doing that right now. And once again, Dolphins fall to the Colts 27-17 here at Hard Rock Stadium and fall to 1-3 on the season. As for my time on this podcast, that's going to be my time. We're going to play a post-game show segment for you guys here on the other side, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Caroline Daddy is coming home. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever the heck you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ coming up this week. I believe they have Jason Jackson of the Miami Heat broadcast team. Don't want to miss that. A little crossover action on the podcast, Dolphins and Heat coming together for that one. Also, check out the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities and content for Dolphins today. Other stuff, everything we do on video is up on the YouTube channel, Miami Dolphins. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com for top news, the Blitz, the written mailbag, all your fun content there available for you guys. Until next time, fins up. And as I was downloading the post-game show segment, I just found out here in the Baptist Health Studios, inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, the Mariners season, which was alive on the last day of the season, will come to an end. So a 21-year playoff drought for my Seattle Mariners as well on this Sunday. Existence is pain to a Jerry. Existence is, in fact, pain. Let's go ahead and play the post-game show here. Which you can hear on 560 WQAM, 99.9 KISS Country here in South Florida and on the Odyssey app nationwide, globally wide. Myself, OJ McDuffie, and Seth Levitt. Gevron, together ahead. And we left off the last segment with a question there from Seth over to OJ talking about what's next. Because, you know, you talk about Seth watching the game tape on this. Not all that interested in going back and doing that. I will because it's my job. I get paid to do that. But I'm not looking forward to it. I'll tell you that much right now. But I do want to go ahead and... and Take a look at what's next, because I think Dolphins fans across across the globe here in South Florida need a little bit of, I, I mean, something to think about going ahead that, that makes them positive for the rest of the season. And I, I don't know what that might be, but when you talk about offensively, defensively, or just in the in the locker room, OJ, what comes next? How do you how do you take this, take it in, approach it, and go out against a tough team in Tampa Bay next week and put up a good performance? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else can be done about this pass lackluster performance, right? So right now, everybody's got to tighten up individually. You know, the cliche always is football is the ultimate team sport, but there's a lot of one-on-ones out there. And our team right now, I said it last week, we're losing the one-on-one battles. You know, whether it's offensive tackle versus defensive end, whether it's wide receiver versus a cornerback, whether it's a tight end versus one of our safeties, we're losing these one-on-one battles. So Everybody's got to look at themselves. Everybody's got to be Michael Jackson here and, you know, and look in the mirror and see what am I doing that's not working. Whether it's even, even the coaches. And Coach Flores, I'm sure, is going to reiterate that. Something's not happening right here week in, week out. I get tired of hearing we had a great week of practice. Yeah. I get tired of hearing that this guy did, had a great, doing a great job when it doesn't translate on Sunday, which is all that matters. I don't care what you do all week. If it doesn't translate on Sunday, it's like some of the guys you see had great preseasons, you know, training camps. I don't care. We've seen that before. What are you doing when the, when the game is on the line to make a play? We've had some big-time players on this team completely disappear, you know, and I'm not going to call anybody's names out. Half of them on defense, half of them on offense. Yeah. I don't know what's going on offensive line, you know, but we knew that was an issue from the beginning until they figured it out. But our defense is what we're going to hang our hat on. But we can't stop anybody, Big Seth. We yes. can't get a takeaway when we need one. We'll get one to continue our streak, but we need three or well, four. Well, that was a special teams takeaway as well. It wasn't even a Exactly right. And exactly right. essentially unforced, really. I mean, a muff punt. Correct. Correct. So 
Bottom, I mean, we have to have guys out there that are we're, – we're at home, man. It's 80 degrees out there. You know, they're sitting in the sun the whole time. It's a warm game. But, but, but look at it. They go out there and they, they took it to us. And they had injuries of their own. That's they exactly had a right. bunch of them. Yeah. And I, I From almost, the beginning before – didn't even play. Yeah. Not, even, not even injuries that happened in the game. It was injuries before the game even started. Right. But, again, that's why I go back to what, what has to happen. Is it as simple as that? Is it as simple as everybody looking in the mirror and making sure that they handle their job and not point fingers and not worry about everybody else, but that they give the best version of themselves? I mean, is, is there anything else that can be done? I, you know, you, if you get on Twitter, and if you dare, right, it's scary to get on there right now. Mm-hmm. People are calling for this person to be fired, that person to be fired, that person to be cut. We've seen that. You know, th- does there need to be a shakeup? I mean, that's to me, it's early. In and the I season. don't mean firing coaches. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying yeah, uh, on the field. Does it? Because to me, I think the roster you have, the coaching staff you have, is who you got to ride with this right. season. So I, w- I want to be clear on that. But do you think there needs to be some shakeup with what the product is that's being put out? Our field? 53 is our 53, right? Yeah. So we have right. Look at some of the inactives today. You have some guys that you thought might be able to go out there and, and play a little bit. When's Little going to get an opportunity? Because yeah. what's going on with the offensive line where Little can't get an opportunity right now? How, many, how many times did you on. see Austin Jackson chasing a guy in the backfield today? Uh, unbelievable. You know, and, you, and it's crazy to look at. Like our whole, our whole line is like top draft picks. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's a top draft pick when you only have seven rounds. When we talk about first three rounds, they're all top draft picks. You yeah. know what I mean? And – the fact that we can't get those guys to, to, to quote-unquote, figure it out, you don't even have to have a great offensive line in the NFL or any, any level of football. You don't, have to, you don't have to have a great team on the offensive line. You have to have, have a, a good group of guys that know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know? And but I want to believe that we do, Juice. I mean, I think we've seen moments where these guys have played certainly better than, than they're when, playing When right this now. year have we seen it? Not this, Not this year. year. Not this year, right? Well, when this year – we talked about when they needed to have that drive in game one. One drive in the New England game. Sure. Took uh, it away. When they, when they had, and it didn't work out, but when there was a, a comeback attempt in Las Vegas, they kind of held it together enough to put points on the board and give and them a chance We talked about this. This is a prevent situation. Things a little wide open. You know, we had opportunities down the field because they were bringing three-man or maybe a four-man or light four-man rush, keep contained. You know, when it's early in the game, when you got to pound somebody – Pass game, run game. When have we seen our guys? When have we seen our guys go out and have an initial drive in the first quarter? That's game one. Game one. That sets a sets. So you know what that takes me back to? That brings me back to the idea. And I told you guys this after Tua got hurt in that Buffalo game. I told you guys, I don't think this offense is constructed in a way that Jacoby can have success with because I don't believe that it suits his skill set. You know, we talked about his skill set. You know, last week we had fun with it, right? Because he was making plays off schedule and getting out of the pocket and making the plays down the field. And it was fun for a little bit. You know, we even had some fun with that. But I just wonder how much of this offense was built in a certain way that's that's around a particular player's skill set. And you draft players for that guy. You sign players for that guy. You get an offensive line that's supposed to be able to be more so leaning on players. And I, I think if you look at, for instance, Austin Jackson's good plays this year, they've 
and they're few and far between right now. He's having a rough start to the season. But when he's had good plays, they've been in the running game. And so you think about those guys leaning on the defensive line and kind of establishing the RPO game. You can't go RPO at Jacoby Brissett. It's not his game. So that's a, it's a chunk of the offense that you remove. I don't think RPO is the base necessarily, but it's a chunk that you can rely upon for first down, for drive starters, for you know getting yourself seven yards in that first, that first play of the drive and, and really get the thing going and, and get to your hurry-up offense. And the communication is more fluid and smooth because you have that quarterback that has been there for the entire offseason program and training camp and preseason. And then he goes out, and we don't score points against Buffalo. We get a defensive score to start the Raiders game and then a short field with the Malcolm Brown touchdown run. Then the fourth quarter in overtime happens. Great. That was fun. You go all game today, and there's nothing happening until basically the fourth quarter. So how much do you put it back on the quarterback? Is it is it because you're with the backup quarterback, or is it – But it's got to be more it's than gotta, that. It's, it's it has to be, be more than more that, than but that. how much of it is the fact that two was not out there right now? Man, I'm not willing to say that's yeah, all it is. It's, it's, it's more than it's more than quarterback position. It, it, it really is, man. It, it, and that, we keep beating this horse in terms of what's going on. We haven't established anything up front and nothing. Even pass protection, you know, even run protection. Then also I looked at the game. It's nice to see the game in person. We see guys with not very much separation either. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a combination of – an, an inept offense at times where guys are not making plays, not giving protection to make plays, or we get an opportunity, we have a drop, or we have a bad pass. You know, you talk about a, not an RPO offense. These are the Colts. Carson Wentz is running the RPOs. That you know, they're they they they're, they're kind of they got the same kind of quarterback that we have. You know, that's right. But his ass is not getting tackled for loss. He's not on his on his heels. He's sitting there throwing the ball, giving guys opportunities. And so where are we at with that? You know, where, where are the Dolphins at when it comes to these one-on-one opportunities and, uh, you know, guys not getting open or the ball not being on time or zero, zero protection? Yeah, I mean, the protection breaking down, I think, had a lot to do with all of the other things you talked about. Because there were moments there. We talked about it. There were some moments early on in the game where – it looked like there were some guys flashing down the yep. field and maybe Jacoby chose to, to go in a different direction. And I don't know what he's seeing there. Yes, at times he was under duress, but there were times there where maybe he took a throw that was, in his mind, higher percentage. I don't know. You know, he, he's going to have to answer that later. But there were moments there where I thought guys were open. There were moments where the ball was getting to guys who were paid to be playmakers and they were making some plays. They were fighting for tough... And again, it goes back to that dink and duck and, and, and I don't know how successful you can be in those 10 play drives like you talked about earlier those things happened but I just feel like it has to be more than that and as much as we can talk about what went wrong till we're blue in the face the reality is is that they're they've got a game next week and it's against a pretty good football team yeah but we're doing post game we're doing post game we're, we're, we're but just, talking, I can't look backwards we're, we're, talking, I look forward. we're, we're talking post game though so we're talking about the game we just laid an egg I on, understand so, right? I so understand. what the hell else we gonna mean we're, what are we gonna do in terms of you know, what we, I mean, if we, we can talk about tomorrow, the next game tomorrow, but we got to talk about what just happened today. I understand what you're saying, but what happened today needs to be talked about and discussed because that's our job right now. Well, it is our job, but it's also like, where do you go from it? Because what happened today happened last week. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that movie already. I've seen it too many times this season, and we're only four games into it. So what I'm saying is based on what happened today, and I get it, this is postgame but I don't have a shot tomorrow to talk about it anyway. So I want to look ahead as well. And again, 
coach has to get up there. And so we're looking ahead in the second in the second hour. In the, the second game. hour, you want to yeah, wait? So this hour is about look ahead. What are we going? We got all these people that are listening to post game right now. Yeah, they're not they're not thinking about Tampa right now. Well, they need to. They they shouldn't be. They need to figure out. Well, I they, disagree. We need to talk about what the hell happened today. I know what happened, Juice. Twenty four hour rule applies to wins and losses. Yeah, now, I'm ready to move forward. I have to, but but again, I want to know how do you fix it. I want to know how you fix it. Bro, we're in this building. The, the building across the street mm-hmm. is the one that needs to fix this. And nothing we can do to fix it. If we had the answer, they should have the damn answer. So if we're sitting here having this discussion about, you know, we, we can't even agree on what game to talk about right now. So you have to imagine the division in that locker room. Not division. That's a bad word. I, I, I don't want to. Well, that's the thing. They can't get divided so how, right how, now. Do, how, does that, how does the dynamic work in the locker room right now? Are guys, are guys looking over their shoulder and saying, hey, this guy didn't make a play? Are they, are they going back? How does Brian Flores keep this team right now on the same track and keep them all together and get them together? Because outside noise right now is going to try to divide these guys. You're going to have to have your leader step up and, and really work to right this ship, right? Juice is, I mean, you- Every single person on this team should be extremely nervous. Every single position, that I agree every with. single person should be extremely nervous. And I talked about it before with us. Like on Tuesday, I'd have a, somebody in there trying out for every single damn position. You know what I mean? Because these guys people obviously are getting a little comfortable not, not making plays. If you don't make plays in this league, you don't play in this league. That's right. It's a production-based. It's bottom per- line. Yeah, performance-based job. Bottom line, Absolutely. Man. I and, agree with that. And so when you're not doing your job, which is all you got to do is your job, nobody else's job. Talk about Will Fuller. He exits this game with a hand injury and does not return. You know, he's he missed the first game from a suspension, misses the second game from a, a personal reasons, comes back last week, plays 50 snaps, and, and he gets injured there at the end and comes out. But he, he played 50 snaps in that game, and then today he plays a few snaps. Do you think that his absence, because of you know, a big-time free agent receiver, $10 million receiver, do you think that maybe his absence has a lot to do with how the Dolphins are kind of stuck in the mud right now? Because he was a guy that I think, I hope, at that, par- at that price point, at his skill set, was a guy that you kind of had the intentions of, of kind of constructing this thing around him and Jalen Waddle. I thought were two big acquisitions to make this receiving core way, way, give him way more speed, give him way more explosiveness. Is his lack of presence maybe to blame for some of this? Yeah, you know, it, it's, that's a great point. Great question. You know, especially when you get into Sunday, you never know what happens throughout the week. You got all this game planning in. So, how many of the plays that our co offense coordinators have to scrap because you don't have them in the yep. game? How many shot plays do they have scripted? For him because he's not in the game you count on guys playing 60 minutes and when they don't play was the first half at all or most of the half or whatever it is then yeah then it, you, you, it becomes a problem because you don't have a guy in there that well all right you know what all right since he's out and Preston was inactive you know you got other guys do we say water all right you got Fuller's role right here you got to be the one that runs his deep seven or his deep uh post route or this deep nine route or whatever it is no, that's not how they worked all week. So it does become a problem. When you count on guys, you, you, and you want to be able to make the adjustments, when you count on guys to be out there and be able to make those plays, you got certain plays, certain shot plays that we've been talking about the whole time, and the guy's not in there, then you, can, you can't miss hard to make that adjustment. Because you only get so many, so many plays you work during the week. You can look at as much film as you want, but when you're practicing it, you know, guys, are, there's not as many, there's that many reps. There's way more mental reps than there are physical reps. So when you got a guy that's not out there to take those reps, then the quarterbacks have to say, all right, our, our, our home run hitter is out, basically, 
who else goes? What are we going to do? What what can we do now with the guys that we already game plan some other things for? Not to mention missing almost all of training camp after going down the very first day of practice. So he winds up in this game with one catch for six yards, gives him four for 26 on the season. Waddle, three for 33. And a question I'm probably going to ask Coach this week is, it seems like Waddle, all of his catches are in the first quarter, which goes into kind of the play script you talked about. Like, obviously the plan is to get him the ball early. Why is he not getting more targets later in the game? I'm very curious about that. We'll try to cover that on drive time this week. Uh, Mike Gesicki, 5 for 57. You mentioned Devontae Parker, 4 for 77 in this game. So some guys had some big days productive-wise. Seth, you got one? You want to jump in here? We need him. You definitely I, I need believe him. the Dolphins need We're him. Counting on field. him. They're counting That's on That's exactly him. right. This is all drawn up for all the guys you're counting on. Yeah. He's one of those guys you're counting on. Yeah. You know, the, he's not a guy that, you know, midseason was like, all right, let's get Fuller a chance. Right. <laughs> when they went out and got him, they, they counted on the, when you, you put a playbook together, they're counting on. It's a passing you know, league. That's what we have.